What's up, bitch? You! Yo! What's up, my favorite people in the world? How y'all doing tonight? What's up? Now I turned it on. There you go. <laughs> What's poppin', y'all? Welcome to Bridge Youth Wednesday Nights. If this is your first time here, I want to let you know that you're my personal favorite in the room, just to let you know that. Word up. It doesn't matter much, but you're my favorite, It means too. a lot to me, you know what I mean? It only matters because they're my favorite, so. They're, I mean, they're, they're I, more my favorite I love each one of you, so. Yeah, That's all right. <laughs> but anyways... We're about to do this one thing that we like to do every week. It's called Family, family Time, time where we stand up, meet new people, we distance. Social distance, everybody. And we ask them a question. Today's question, tonight's question is, would you rather talk to animals? And, and every single animal. Or be fluent in every human language? Every human language. I don't know about All right, me. so stand up, meet somebody new, Social and ask distance. them that question. Well, what would you choose? This it's a hard question, honestly. So, hey, just so I could like talk to like dogs or like monkeys, dude. I don't, I'm, I'm talking to animals is, for sure. What, what if you go to like another like your like plane crashes and you go to another country, and then you're just like, okay, well now I can speak whatever language they're speaking. It's that simple. That's true. You know what I mean? That's true. What would you what would what, like, what would you do? Yeah, what would you do? Oh, Quentin. Quentin.
All right, guys. Okay, so who's with me and would choose any human language? Yeah? Yeah. Hey, the thing is, you could be a translator and you can make bank. You could go to like any like big corporate company and you could be a translator and they'll pay so much money. You got to think smart. Hey, but think about it. You can learn languages. You can't learn to talk to animals. So... Hey, but people think you're crazy if you're always talking to animals. Hey, yo. Yeah. Yo. Okay, someone Mark, told yo. me if like the if the animals are not smart enough, you can control them. But so. you can't you you could reason with a person, you can't reason with a lion. Yes, That's all I'm can. saying. Okay, all right, all right, whatever, all right. whatever. Anyways, so we're gonna head into announcements. First thing up, if you guys, if you're a Gen Z, if you're a Gen Z person and you have Instagram and you're not following us at the bridge YTH, I don't know what you're doing with your life. Like, come on, hop on it. We're trying to get that blue check mark. Come on. Come on now. All right, next up, we got our Sunday services in Woo-hoo. person or online uh, on Sundays. Sundays. For Sunday service at 9.30 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. Join us, please. Be there, love be you. square. Don't be square. All right, so student venture, we're going back into the second semester online. It's kind of a bummer, but hey, you know what? We got to do what we got to do. So every Tuesday, we'll be posting a video of our student venture. We'll have our uh, different youth members uh, giving a message, and they'll be doing worship, and it's just an amazing experience. Let me, uh, I think it's at uh, lunch, I believe. What time? Three? It's at three. Oh, so it's after school. So you, you got no excuse not to be there. You know what I mean? So, yeah. All right, but anyways, Comeback Kid hoodies. Ooh. If you ordered them, they're still in the back. And if you did not order them, you could still make your order. Hopefully, uh, they're in your size. If you like extra large, that's good, too. You can get them after service in the back, in the that place over there. A little back. All right. Next week, okay, if you guys were here last week with our kickoff New Year's service, where we had JJ, Corey, and Kai, you're going to love next week because we got another tag team message with Corey and Kenneth. That's going to be crazy. Be there or be square, like I said. It's going to be heat, especially with Kenneth and Corey. Bro, it's going to be crazy. And last but not least, in two weeks, we have the one and only Elliot Bland speaking two to weeks. us. Two weeks? <laughs> Come on now. It'll be concluding our series, Stay the Course. So please be there to join us. We love be you. There. Yeah. All right. So as we go into worship, I'm going to ask you, all of you guys who are comfortable, stand up, come to the front. Hey, make sure you throw that mask on, you know, but if you don't, uh, then we're going to have uh, some team members handing you them, so it's going to be great. And if you don't feel comfortable, you can just stand at your seat. So let's head into worship, guys. Let's go.
How's it going, Bridge Youth? You guys excited to be here tonight? You ready to worship the Lord tonight? Yes. We're working on getting the tracks up and running. But uh Woo woo. We're figuring it out. We got it. We got it. Who has the funniest joke? No. I got a funny joke. Oh my gosh. <laughs> why did uh why did Superman why did Superman meet with a blood in the morning? Because he had to meet with a crypt at night. Whoa. Come on. Whoa. Get with it or don't. This is just my moment where I'm going to show you that I could preach about literally anything. Oh, in 2020, things didn't go the way we expect. In moments like these, things don't go the way you expect. But how many know that God can call audibles? Okay. Um, it's pretty much all that I got. But hey, um... Tonight, one of the things I was actually going to talk about is the importance of worship. A guy named Louis Giglio said this. He said, the antidote to fear is faith, and the soundtrack to faith is worship. And for anybody who maybe um, comes to Bridge Youth, or maybe this is your first night. Yo, if this is your first night, we say every week we're here to build you up, not beat you up. Yeah, and what you might see is a bunch of people getting hype and jumping and having fun and all this. It's kind of funny to me that, like, there's this secret barrier right here. <laughs> you guys can totally come up to the front of the stage. Um, but what you might see is a bunch of hype and stuff. But just know this, that it's not about hype. It's all about worshiping God. Yes. What you're about to see, the singing, the dancing, the clapping, all of that, it's all about worshiping God. And I believe that in this season, more than ever before, worship is so important because the antidote to fear is faith. And the soundtrack to faith is worship. You know what I believe happens when we been, begin to worship God? It puts faith in its place. It puts my heart that says, oh, I should be worried about everything all the time and every moment of every day. And how many of us have just been seeing the world living like that? It puts all of that in its place. When I begin to worship, it puts Satan in his place. When I begin to worship, things happen. Can I just tell you, it's not about singing songs. It's about spiritual warfare. It's about worshiping our God. I see some of y'all get ridiculous when you get a girlfriend. Boys, you're ridiculous. You don't even know how to play guitar or sing. You'll pick up a guitar you'll hit Google, you'll hit YouTube, you'll learn how to play that guitar, you'll sing some cheesy freaking song that you wrote, and guess what? I love it. I think it's dope. But man, how much more should we sing our praises and our love to our God? How much more should we love our God? And man, don't... Imagine this. Imagine I... Uh, imagine 11 years ago? 11 years ago we got married? August... 1st of 2009. Imagine August 1st, 2009. Some of y'all weren't even born yet. I told my wife, I love you. And this is the last time you're going to hear it. Ladies, would that work? Heck no, right? Man, how many of us do this to God? We have one moment, oh, I love you, or this, oh, whatever. And like, then we don't have another moment where we're saying like, God, I love you, and I worship you, and God, I'm going to bring you all of my praises. Can I tell you, the one thing God created us for is relationship with him, and it is so important. It is so important. I'm going to say it again. It is so important to express that love to God. Man, he yearns for it. He desires it. 
He wants it. Some of you who came into this place thinking this is all about religion. It's not about religion. It's all about relationship. And so in moments like this, I don't know about you, but for me, I love worshiping before I preach. I love worshiping before, um, before, before I get into any moment where like, man, I need to step out. It's a big faith moment, whatever. Because for me, if uh, our team, um, all of our team, at our team meetings, we always have worship at the forefront of it because it just, man, it directs our focus. It gets our focus right. It puts us in the right direction. And so tonight, I pray what happens in moments of worship like this. Are you swelling because we're ready? Okay. Um, in moments like this, what I hope, and um, know this, we don't do things randomly or arbitrarily. The reason we often and typically and more often than not do worship before the message is I think it gets our hearts ready for what God's going to say, what God's going to do. Iris, you keep messing around. I'm going to make you take your mic to your seat with you so you can do that while I preach. Man, a couple other people. If we just had mics spread out throughout the room while I preach, that would be a dream come true for me. Hey, in this moment, um, I know, are we, are we, are we ready? Semi? We're as ready as we're going to be? Bet. In this moment, um, why don't we do this? As things are absolutely, obviously, the second Wednesday of the year and not going according to plan, why don't we just embrace this moment? Why don't we just push off any other distractions, even right here, right now? Do this. Close your eyes. Forget about who's next to you. If you're comfortable, would you lift your hands? And for a few seconds, forget about what's supposed to happen next. Man, I prayed in our team meeting, God, get rid of our agenda and our plan and come do what you want to do. Maybe this moment right here is exactly what God wanted to do. And just for a moment, without any, without any background music or lyrics to tell you how you're supposed to worship God, man, just begin to worship him in your own words for just a moment right there. God, you are so good. You're so faithful to me, God. You've never failed you're not going to start with me. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for who you are, Jesus. Thank you that you are a good, good father. You are a perfect father to us. Thank you that you love us and you care for us. Thank you that in the midst of the craziest year that this planet has maybe ever seen, God, that you are still present. You are still here. You still love us. You're still faithful. Your plan is not void and nothing, absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing can separate us from your love. So in this moment, we just bask in that love and we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's worship him tonight, Bridge Youth. Come on, let's keep that energy going. I'm so glad we get to move tonight. Are you ready? Up knowing there's a reason. All my dreams come alive. Life is for living. If you made my decision.
him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every knee, every tongue acknowledge the name that is so beautiful, so powerful, so worthy, the name that is so much greater than every name. Bridge Youth, can we lift up the name of Jesus tonight? Jesus is a powerful name. How many of us believe that today? <laughs> I love the lyric that it says that Jesus, you brought heaven down. And I love that because I think some of us today in this room have this idea of God that he's on a far off mountain and that you have to work super hard in order for you to get there. 
But it's actually in contradiction with the scriptures. See, the scriptures teach that for a while we were still sinners. As you're at the bottom of the mountain that Jesus in all his perfection and in all his glory actually came down so that you would be brought back up with him. And he not only were you just saved, but that you were actually sanctified through the power of the Holy Spirit. That those of you in this room, though you may have lived sinful lives, though you may have lived or came from broken families, that you would be resurrected in the same way that Jesus resurrected. And so with Christ, I have death because my sin is dead, but with Christ I have life because now I'm alive in the new person that Jesus has called me to be. And so for those of you today who need hope, for those of you today, I know it's been a crazy year. Everyone says it's a crazy year, but we have even greater God. I am not tripping, neither should you be. We serve an eternal God. I'm not going to focus on temporary situations. I serve an eternal God with a beautiful name, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. And as long as I promise you this, as long as you fix your eyes on the eternity ahead of us, no storm among us will ever trip us and make us fall. Amen. Let's pray, Bridge Youth. Let's be expecting tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this building. Lord, I thank you, God, that we're able to gather together as a body, as believers, Lord, as a family, Lord, that even from the person who does not know you, from the person who has been walking his whole life with you, God, that today that we would come in unity and worship your holy name. God, I pray for the individual who's on the edge of giving his life to you, Father. I pray that you would open the heart and show them your beauty, Lord, because there is no satisfaction or fulfillment the way we find in the person of Jesus Christ, Lord. Lord, we are not just some crazy people who are speaking of a crazy fair but Lord, we are speaking in confidence, God, of the resurrection of Jesus because you changed our lives. You met us at the bottom of the hill and now we get to reign in glory with you, Jesus, and we are grateful today. So though we may sound crazy in the middle of a pandemic, they do not understand the beauty and glory of your name. So today, Lord, let the youth be the lead and be strengthened because they are going to lead us in the future, Father. And we know that as long as we're your spirit is, Lord, you will reign. And in the beautiful name of Jesus Christ, we all prayed, amen. Hey, how many of you guys are expecting for an amazing night? Woo! Hey, find your seats and on the way to your seats, look at someone and say, we about to get lit. We about to get lit. We about to get teed up on a Wednesday night. What's good with it, Bridge Youth? Hey, how you guys doing tonight? Hey, come on, you good tonight? You all right? Are there any Are there any Brooklyn Nets fans in the place tonight? You're You've had a great day if you're a Brooklyn Nets fan. James Harden has gone. To, are there any Houston Rockets fans in the house? I will pray for you. Any Pittsburgh Steelers fans in the house? Praying for you as well. Where's my, where's my Las Vegas Raiders fans at? <laughs> Bro, we've sucked for 10 years. It is what it is, dog. 
<laughs> either go jump on a different bandwagon or stay with it. Hey, I'm so stoked that you guys are here tonight, whether you're here in person or maybe you're watching online. Thank you so much for choosing to spend some of your time with us. Man, we just value that so much. We think it's so cool. One of our favorite things in the whole world is meeting new people. We met a couple new people tonight already. We absolutely love it. Said it once, I'll say it again. We welcome our new people by saying we're here to build you up, not... Yeah, we love you. We back you. You don't have to believe to belong here. Hey, if you got a Bible, open to Psalm chapter 37, the book of Psalms in chapter 37. Um, anyone who maybe doesn't know me, my name is Corey. Myself and my wife, Amber, we get to lead this thing called Bridge Youth along with JJ, our assistant student coordinator. Did I get that right, JJ? I'm not sure either, but he does something around here, and it helps a lot. And our amazing team, we have the seriously the best team in the entire world um, who helps lead this, and we absolutely love it. Um, we'd love to meet you um, after service, post-service. Come say what's up. But um, tonight, we're continuing in a series entitled Stay the Course. Um, our Every year, towards the end of the year, I pray that God would give me kind of a specific word for our team and for our ministry. And this year, the word that God gave me is, stay the course, there is more. And um, typically, the word that God gives is like, and my wife hates when I use this word, but I'm just going to use it anyways. It's way sexier than that. Like, it's way more like... Like, yeah, like, come on, let's get it. Big faith, move mountains, change the world. And then God was like, the word this year is stay the course. And I'm like, okay. Um, stay the course sounds like somebody who uses cruise control, and they always put their cruise control like five, five miles per hour under the speed limit. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what it sounds. But, man, as God started speaking this to my heart, here was why. There were so many people in churches and ministries and specifically youth ministries in 2020 that was like, 2020 was a crazy year. We need to completely change how we do ministry. We need to do ministry completely different. We need to flip everything on its head and change everything that we do. And I was like, I just don't think that's what God's calling us to. And God started speaking to me saying, what we've built is a strong foundation. What we've seen has lasted through a global pandemic and quarantine. The movement that God has created here in Temecula, Marietta, here at Bridge Youth, it has sustained, and God is still working. So we're not going to flip thing on, anything on its head. We're not going to turn around and go in the dif a different direction. No, no, we're going to stay the course. But we're not just staying the course for the sake of staying the course. We're staying the course because we believe that on the other side of this storm, there is more. Somebody say amen. Don't let me preach by myself tonight. And here's what I think. I think the more that there is, I think if you're in this room, you have something to do with it. And God wants to use you. And so tonight, this is week two of our series entitled Stay the Course. We'll be through this uh, for the rest of the month. Stoked next week to, to preach with our guy Kenneth McCow. It's going to get super artsy-fartsy and, like, real deep and uh, super cool. Like, that's just Kenneth for you, so don't miss that. Week after that, our great friend, Elliot Bland will be here to preach. It's going to be a great couple of weeks. It's going to be a great series. Don't miss any of it. But tonight, um, this whole idea, stay the course, as, as God gave me this, um, this word, I really, 
I kept seeing this image of like a ship, and, and you can see our creative team did an amazing job um, with, our, with our images and our graphics and our visuals. Um, and I kept seeing this ship kind of enduring and pressing through this storm. And what happens for so many people in the storms and trials of life is, is they're going through this storm, and they get to this place where they're like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to give up. I'm going to turn back around. But at some point, you got more storm in that direction to endure than if you just kept going because you were on the fringe of making it to the other side. And so that's why, man, the, the images are what they are while we're seeing all these ships. And tonight, I want to talk specifically about hope and trust. Everybody say hope. Everybody say trust. About hope and trust. If you're a note taker, write this down. Here's your sermon in a sentence. If you remember nothing else, leave with this. To stay the course, you must hold on to hope. To hold on to hope, you must Trust God. One more time, I'm going to say that. To stay the course, you must hold on to hope. To hold on to hope, you must trust God. Man, I don't know about you, but everyone's trusting all types of things. I'm going to put my trust in God. And I think just going along with our theme, I, my, um, my mind kept going to how voyagers often had to trust the wind in their sails to take them where they need to go. Similarly, we need to trust God. But to stay the course, I think that Psalm in chapter 37 has some good stuff to say to us. Anybody else ready to hear from God tonight? Come on, anybody else expecting to hear from God tonight? I don't know about you, but I love the Bible. The Bible is absolutely amazing. Um, there is violence in the Bible. There is... Uh, promiscuity in the Bible. There's people's heads getting chopped off. There's all this craziness in the Bible. If the Bible is made into a movie, your parents wouldn't let you watch it. I love the Bible. We're not getting into, into any of those verses tonight, but would you stand in the honor of the reading of God's word? I like standing when we read God's word because people died so that we could have God's word in our hands. So here it is, five verses tonight. Psalm chapter 37 and verse 1. If you don't have a Bible, don't worry. It'll be on the Sky Bible for you. Here's what it is. It says, don't worry. We could just leave right now. That be it. And that's the word of God for you. Like every single person in this room, every single person watching online, every single person in Temecula, Marietta, in California, in America, and in the world can hear those two words. Don't worry. Look at your neighbor. Say, don't worry about a thing. Because every little thing is going to be our... Okay. You guys are too. Some people are like, I can't believe you just sing that in church. You're oversaved. Okay. Don't worry. One more time. Say, don't worry. All right. Just remember that. Don't worry about the wicked or envy those who do wrong. For like grass, they soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they soon wither. Verse 3, trust. Everyone say trust. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. People are trying to figure out how to be safe. Oh, we'll do this. Wear the mask and be this far apart. Take that medication. Vitamin C, y'all. Vitamin C. Do this. Do that. For sure. Do all of that. No doubt. I'm not, I'm not about not living in wisdom. Live in wisdom. You want to know how you can really have safety and security? Psalm 37 and verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will 
then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Verse 4, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Verse 5, commit everything. Someone say everything. I looked up everything in the Greek, and the word broken down in the original language, it means everything. <laughs> commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust. There's that word again. Trust him, and he will help you. Before you sit down, let's pray. God, speak to us tonight, Lord, and I can't believe I'm saying it, but I'm going to say it. God, help the, God, the saints to win the Super Bowl. In Jesus' name, that one was for you, my man, Merce. Everybody said amen. Hey, grab a seat. The saints. The saints are my NFC team, guys. They're my NFC team. I love Drew Brees. He's that guy is something else. Um, have you ever had somebody lose all of your trust in a single moment? <laughs> Anybody? You guys remember trust falls? You remember when trust falls were, were a thing? And they got really out of hand. We had to like, we had to veto trust falls at Bridge Youth because people just started like running to you, turning around, screaming trust fall and falling. There were concussions, there were issues. People on stage would just turn around, yell trust fall and lean backwards during worship. We were like, we got to veto trust falls. Um, has anybody ever had like you just, somebody lost all of your trust in a single moment? Have you ever had someone gain all of your trust in a single moment. So one time uh, I was at my house and uh, don't get carried away, but me and my wife were laying in bed. We're just kind of hanging out. It's like four o'clock in the afternoon at this point, you guys. JJ, chill out. Um, we're just hanging out. And honestly, it was kind of like, like wrestling with her, punching her, like flirting, you know, the regular normal stuff that guys do. <laughs> Ladies, if a guy punches you, he probably likes you. Don't Ask me why. It's just, we are, ladies, you are complicated creatures. Complicated. I have been married 11 years. I've been with this woman for 13 years. I was raised by a single mom for a long time. At this point in my life, I've got more questions than I do answers. I do not know. Women are complicated. All the men said, amen. Men are simple, on the other hand. Men are very simple. Oh, What's up? Like you. <laughs> we don't think about stuff. We just do, we just do stuff, you know? We don't think about it. Um, so I'm messing, I'm messing around with my wife. We're, I'm punching her. We're being the weirdos that we are at our home. People who are like, <laughs> listen. <laughs> oh, God. I love, I love and hate Bridge Youth at the same time. You can't, there's no grace, guys. There's no grace here. You can't say anything. Um, I like people who have an image of who they think Amber and I are. They're like, oh, they're so cute. Like, they're, I, oh, their relationship is so, I bet they're just so, like, at home, we're just like, we're just weirdos at home. Like, we have two dogs that we call the pigs because they're Boston Terriers, and we talk like babies to them all day. I'm a grown man, and I just talk like a child to my puppies all day long. One of our dogs, Parker, named after Peter Parker, uh, he literally sleeps like head on the pillow, body under the blankets like a human. Um, it's, there's no, it's not cute like our home. Uh, it is just, if you guys were to, if we did a day in the life of Corey and Amber, you'd be like, they're weirdos. So it was one of those days, just being weirdos. I was flirting with my wife 
am messing around. All of a sudden, I, I roll over, and I'm on my phone, and I'm wearing a, a white T-shirt. I specifically remember I was wearing a white pro club, uh, large, tall. Come on, somebody. I was, wearing a, I was literally wearing that shirt that Marco's, not that one, but this, it's a... Um, I roll over, and my wife goes, Corey, there is a gigantic spider on your back. And she hops out of bed, and she, like, backs up. And in that moment, you guys, I thought my wife was going to head to the door, get in the car, and make a break for Mexico or something. I was like, I'm going to be in this alone. Now, like, see this from my perspective for a moment. I have no idea what is actually on my back. Could be a daddy long leg, whatever. At our house, we get like wolf spiders in the backyard, weird looking. We get these, I don't even know what these things are. They look like like Brazilian banana spiders or something. These weird spiders that are like weird colors. And one time I saw one that was no joke, no exaggeration, maybe a little bit of exaggeration, like this big in my backyard. But I'm thinking, is that on my back? Is it like an alien back there? No clue. My wife has the craziest arachnophobia you will ever see, ever. So I am completely helpless. I can't roll over. I can't start swinging on my own back because I don't know where it's at. I'm 100% at her mercies. I look in her eyes. I see the fear. She's this close from just sprinting and leaving me alone. And then I'm like, babe, you have to get it. And she's like, okay. And I'm like, not with your bare hands. She was just going to like crush it with her bare hands. I'm like, no, Babe, grab something. I can't remember what you, like, took your shoe off or something. I don't know why she didn't just smush it against my back. Like, that would have probably been the smarter thing so we know that it's dead. Because you ever, like, go to kill a spider and then it, like, falls and it's still alive and it scurries under something and, you're, and then you can't find it. And it's 2 o'clock in the morning and you're like, this room belongs to the spider now. <laughs> it's your room, spider. Enjoy. Like, the Disney Plus password is, <laughs> like... That's what she did, though. She smacked it off my back, and it went onto the bed somewhere. She's like, it's off. Get off the bed. I jump off the bed, and we're like, okay, now where's the spider? I find it. It was, in fact, gigantic. Dude, it was massive, and this thing was on my back, and I've lost sleep over this almost every night since then. But here's what did happen. I realized that the good Lord gave me a faithful wife that I could trust to be there. Because if she'll be there when there's a fat spider on my back, she'll be there through thick and thin. I trust you, baby. I trust you. Four ways that we can learn to, what does this have to do with the message, Corey? Absolutely nothing at all whatsoever. No, I'm talking about trust. So how can we trust God more? How can we build our trust in God? How, um, how can we live out? What does it look like to live out a life where you trust God? Point number one, if you're taking notes, God does love you more. If you're not taking notes, you will find a spider on your back tonight. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Write this down. Point number one, how do we trust God more? Here's how. You worry about yourself. Worry about, look at your neighbor, say, worry about yourself. Look at your other neighbor, the one you chose second, say, worry about yourself. And as they ask you, why'd you choose me second? Tell them, worry about yourself. You know, worry about yourself. It's what you say when somebody wants to talk smack behind your back. You tell them, look, 
Worry about yourself. Someone say, worry about yourself. You know when somebody thinks they know you, but they don't know you, but they want to talk like they know you, but they don't really know you, and they think that they know you, but they don't know you, and so they want to go onto Twitter or Instagram or whatever, and they want to talk about you, but they're not going to talk about you like they're talking about you. They're going to talk about you like they're not talking about you. It's called subtweeting, and then it's the same thing that you say to that person. You tell them, worry about yourself. It's the same thing that you tell to that person who walks up right next to you when you're in a group and your crush is in that group and they walk next to you and you just farted and they said, do you smell that? You say, worry about yourself. <laughs> One more time, just say, worry about yourself. It's just fun to say, Corey, why do you have a Raiders water? Worry about yourself. Just win, baby. Now, hear what I'm saying, not what I'm not saying. What I'm, I'm not saying to live this self-centered, self-focused, don't worry about anybody else's type of uh, life. That's obviously not how Jesus lived. That's not how we should live. What I'm saying when I say worry about yourself, what I'm saying is exactly what the scripture says, Let's, what our verse says. Let's check it out one more time. Psalm 37, verse number one. Don't worry about the wicked. Don't worry about the wicked. Or envy those who do wrong. For like grass, they soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they soon wither. So what am, I, what am I saying? I'm saying don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Don't worry about how, how the, and here, okay, I know I get it. It's kind of harsh calling everybody who's not like a person of faith wicked. But hey, we're all wicked. And without Jesus, like we messed up, okay? So I'll be the first to say that. But what I'm saying is don't be focused on the rest of the world and what they're doing. Don't be focused on the rest of the world. Uh, focus on yourself. Now, here's, here's a huge thing that it's talking about here that I really wanted to point out. Uh, when it comes to worrying about yourself, don't ever, ever, ever envy somebody who accumulates temporary treasures. Don't ever envy the people who accumulate temporary treasures. Because let me just tell you right now, all that money, all the cars, all the houses, all the jewelry, all the possessions, everything, all the shoes, Lord help us, God, please, no. All worldly possessions will one day blow away like a fart in the wind. I don't know why I'm talking about farts so much tonight, you guys. Like, I did have Chipotle for lunch, but that has nothing to do with this. Do not envy those who accumulate temporary treasures. Because we, the people of faith, the people of God, you know what we're focused on? We're focused on building up treasures in heaven. We're kingdom-minded. We're kingdom-focused. And you know what? You know what's going to last forever? God and people. That's why my life is going to be focused around God and people. Those are the true treasures. Don't envy somebody who accumulates a ton of earthly treasures that will one day just disappear. Instead, build up your treasure in heaven. Like the great theologian, biblical scholar, preacher, teacher, evangelism, and assistant student coordinator, J.J. Rodriguez, said last week, the eternity ahead of us is so much more important than anything in front of us. Build up your treasure in heaven. Don't worry about what everybody else is building up. Worry about yourself. 
Worry about the treasure you're building up. Let me say it like this. Don't just live for today. Live for one day. Because one day, you're going to stand before God. And I'm going to stand before God. And the treasure we built up will be measured. And we'll either be empty-handed or we'll be walking into paradise to mansions and treasures and streets covered in gold. Um, I, often people say like, hey, um, what's the story behind that tattoo? Or what's the story? And I have a lot of tattoos. This is not, whether you're watching online or here in person, this is not me being a proponent for tattoos. I'll tell you right now, don't get tattoos. Just don't. Tattoos kind of suck. Like they hurt, they all hurt, and they're expensive, and they're kind of a waste of money. Just buy a t-shirt. I don't know. Um, you're like, you're such a hypocrite. I know. <laughs> Join the club. Uh, and people ask, like, hey, what's the story of that tattoo? I'm like, oh, this one, the one with the lighthouse? They'll be like, yeah, what's the story of that tattoo? I'm like, lighthouses are cool. And if you look closely, there's a little shark fin in the water <laughs> right there. And they'll be like, what's the story of, what's the story, where's my, there it is, uh, the stormtrooper. What's the story of the stormtrooper? Stormtrooper story? Star Wars is tight. <laughs> this is the story. Uh, I don't really have, like, I wish I could tell you every single one of my tattoos has really significant meaning. I have, like, a, uh, this is so sad. I don't know what it is. It's either a panther or a leopard. <laughs> it's, one, it's one of the two. Uh, this thing's on my body forever. What is it? It's a panther. Uh, I have a panther tattooed, like, right here. Uh, and you know what the story of that one is? My friend who does tattoos, he had a Black Friday sale, and... I said, that one looks cool, <laughs> and then he tattooed it on my leg, and uh, I'm just being a horrible example to hundreds of teenagers right now. Uh, coolest part about the panther, though, it's got a gold tooth. <laughs> the panther's got a gold tooth. It's sick. Um, one of my tattoos that really does have significance and meaning is the one, um, the old Sailor Jerry sail, uh, sailboat, and it says hope. And the reason that it says hope is because I kind of became infatuated with this idea that hundreds of years ago, there were people that stood on the shore of an ocean, and they looked at a horizon, and they said, let's set sail. And the only thing that they had was hope that there was something on the other side. Man, this is what it's like for us believers as we stand on the shores of life and we look at the horizon, we can't see what's on the other side of that horizon. I don't know about you, but I have hope that on the other side of that horizon is heaven. And I believe that one day I'll be there. I can't see it right now. I can't. That's why, that's why what we believe, it does come with an element of faith. You do need faith to walk this out. You do need faith to believe in God. I think that uh, a lot, there's a lot of the, the, the questions that have been answered. I believe science and, and God and science and the Bible absolutely complement each other. Neither one has ever proven the other wrong. They've only complemented each other. But I will also say that if you're going to walk this out, you're going to walk with the element of faith because we, we can't see heaven. We can't see on the other side of that horizon. But I know this. I'm going to always live with eternity in mind and I want to build up treasure that when I get to the other side of that horizon, that I'm not getting there empty-handed. So do me a favor. Stop. Stop. Stop looking at the rest of the world and what they're doing. Turn off your, um, I'm the youth pastor, so I was about to ask JJ if I was allowed to say the word freaking, but I don't, I think, I don't know, like, if there's, like, what the levels of authority are here. It's like, Pastor Gary and Ann are in charge. That's pretty much it. After that, I revert to my wife and ask her stuff. Uh, if you have to, turn off your freaking phone. 
like, I, you'll, I'll tell you right now, like, I, you will not hear me very often talk about, like, don't listen to secular music. Because I don't know, I've never seen someone, like, abandon their faith, leave Jesus, and be like, God's not real. And it's like, man, how did they get to that place? And you go, oh, they listened to the new Kendrick album. <laughs> like, I've never seen it play out like that, you know? But I will say this. If you find yourself listening to that music, and what you do is you envy the lifestyle, you want the money, and you want the fame, and you want the cars. And let me just tell you, there's nothing wrong with money. There's nothing wrong with fame. There's nothing wrong with cars, but it has its place, and its place is not at the center of your heart. It's not at the front of your life. It's not in, it's not in between your ears on your mind every second of every single day. No, 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 because as kingdom-minded people, we're building up treasure in heaven. So, man, don't ever let anything in this world take your focus off that horizon of hope because one day, every single one of us, we're going to wind up in one of two places. I really hope every single person in this whole room winds up partying in heaven with us because it's going to be a party. Um, and I, I want to get there and hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. And I want to know that I built up some treasure. Somebody say amen. To say the course, you must hold on to hope. To hold on to hope, you must trust God. You must trust God. So what do you do? You worry about yourself, and you worry about the treasure you're building up. Are you building up treasure in heaven or on earth? Moving on. Point number two, trust God. Everybody say trust. There are certain people I don't trust. There's certain people that I don't trust at all. I don't trust New England Patriots fans. <laughs> I don't trust them. Do not trust them. This isn't in my notes, and I pray, like, hopefully nobody is, but I don't trust anybody who wears a fitted hat backwards. <laughs> it just looks weird. Like if you have a snapback, wear it backwards, looks cool, no problem. If you have a fitted hat and you wear it backwards, I don't know why. Like it's, pro it's completely like not legitimate, right? Like I shouldn't feel that way. But if you come up to me and you have a fitted hat on and it's backwards, I'm going to be like, why? <laughs> you, know, you know who I really don't trust? I don't trust anybody who thinks that DC is better than Marvel. I do not trust you. If you tell me, DC is so much better, anything else that you ever say is not trustworthy to me. No, I don't trust, I don't trust people who don't like Chipotle. <laughs> You're out of your mind. I don't trust people who think that Cane's is better than Chick-fil-A. You're out your mind. The chicken is bland, and it's only good with the cane sauce. But that bread, I will just, I'll go for the bread. I will go for the bread. Noah Southall taught me about the, the struggle sandwich. You say no coleslaw and extra bread, and then you take your chicken and you put it between the two breads. That's when it's good. By itself, the chicken's nothing to really glance at. You know who I don't trust and I don't know why? I, I have no answer for you, and I don't know if anybody will relate to this. I don't trust bus drivers. <laughs> I, like, I have zero, I have zero explanation for that. But I'll tell you this. I rode the bus to school almost every day. And every day I got on the bus, I went like this. I don't know why. Like, bus drivers are just so suspicious to me. I have zero explanation for that whatsoever. I don't trust people who don't like anime. I don't, I do not trust you if you don't like anime. Anime has some of the deepest storytelling in all of fiction. I don't like people. Not that I don't like you. I like you. I just don't trust you. That's the thing. I don't, I don't trust people. You ever meet somebody who doesn't like, who's got an iPhone? If you got an iPhone, hold it in the air. 
If you got an iPhone, if you have an Android, keep it in your pocket. Um, I don't know what's the matter with you. Just get on board, okay? Um, I don't trust people that, that don't simply keep their phone on vibrate all the time. Just keep your phone on vibrate all the time. Like, why wouldn't you? It's just weird if you don't. I don't understand 100% why I wouldn't trust you, but if your phone goes off, it's not on vibrate, and we're just in a normal set. Because there's certain times you need your phone on. Like, if you're at home and you're getting ready, you might be, like, expecting a call. Take it off vibrate. But in your normal everyday life, just leave your phone on vibrate. Because if your phone rings and I'm around, I'm going to be like, I'm going to look at you exactly how I look at the bus driver. Why? <laughs> I don't trust people who don't like Star Wars. Did a phone just go off? Where are they? Everybody look at whoever, just look in that direction like I looked at the bus driver. They probably have an Android. That's the thing. <laughs> if you don't like Star Wars, I don't trust you. I do not. It's weird to not like Star Wars. Go watch Clone Wars, the animated series. I am a child. Stop judging me. Last, but certainly not least, the truth. I will preach the truth and I will shame the devil. That's what I'm called to do. I do not trust cat people. Cats are the devil, they're demon possessed. If you like cats, you like the devil. I don't know. Cats suck, dude. Cats are the worst. When me and my wife got married, I said two. I don't trust people who like the cold, which is weird because my wife kind of likes the cold. But when my wife and I got married, I said two things, babe. Dose. Just two. These are my two bugaboos. No cats, no cold. That's it. If you're marrying me, you're committing. You will never live somewhere where it's cold, and you will never, ever bring a house, a uh, cat into my house, ever, ever, ever. I don't care if it is a panther, like I have tattooed on my ankle. That would be kind of tight if I had a panther. I don't trust certain people like those. But you know who I do trust? I trust God, and I trust his word, because he's never failed me. And I love what, I love what Psalm 37.3 says. It says, trust. Everyone shout, trust. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Now, some people... Some people will be like, I get it, Corey. I just can't live a life of faith because I can't trust God. I can't trust God. First, I'll typically tell those people, that's because you just don't know God yet. Get to know him, and you will see that he is trustworthy. Has God been faithful to anybody else? Has he proven to anybody else that he is trustworthy, that he's good? But it's just a weird argument to me. I, I can't trust God. You trust a bunch of people you'll never meet. You trusted your bus driver. <laughs> and they're weird, okay? They're, they are suspect to say the least. Think about this. Where's all the, like, roller coaster lovers? You love roller coasters. Where's the people you hate roller coasters? You're not about it. JJ, what's the matter with you? I, I love roller coasters. Um... Not that it's imperative to this specific illustration, but it will help. Has anybody ever been on Tatsu at Six Flags? So Tatsu, if you've never been on Tatsu at Six Flags, you get into this thing, and like there's a big mat that goes down the whole front of your body. And then there's this really kind of like anxiety-filled moment where somebody pushes a button, and it goes, and you're like, you're on this mat, and you go, 
and the whole roller coaster is you laying on this mat. First time I ever rode this ride, you're, and like when it first happens, you're five feet off the ground, like whatever. As soon as you pull out the station, the train station thing, you are hundreds of feet off the ground with all of your weight on the mat. And the first thing that I thought was, I really trust the dude who made this roller coaster, and I don't even know who he is. Furthermore, (laughs) I have put my very life in the hands of the part-time 16-year-old who does the safety checks before the park opens. And you know who else trusts that part-time 16-year-old who still got acne with your life? You do, because you ride those roller coasters too. But tell me you can't trust God. You know who you trust? You trust the people who made your food in back of the restaurant, and you didn't watch them make your food. You don't know who they are. You don't know what they could have done with your food. But when that, when that sizzling steak comes out, me and JJ had steak a couple weeks ago. It was medium rare, and it was delicious. It, well, I'm, not, I don't, I'm not even like a big steak guy. Like I was vegetarian for like three, four years. But so many people, I felt judgment in the room when I said that, uh, but it was delicious. And you know who we trusted? The random dude in the back that we'll never meet that made that food. Like, who like who likes sushi? Anybody? I love sushi. Lord, I love sushi. You know, if they cut the sushi wrong, you could die. And you trust that random dude over there that's like, <laughs> and he's just, he's just chopping away. Like, I was playing this uh, game with my niece and nephew called, um, oh, man, something like where like, you make, like, a bunch of food and stuff. Well, they're like, here, you play. Like, you got you to gotta make the food and everything. And, like, in 30 seconds, the whole kitchen was on fire in this video game. <laughs> but you trust that. You know who you trust? Who, who in here you drive? You actually drive? You know when you're driving and you see, like, you're, like, you're trying to, like, pull out of the parking lot of Starbucks and the line on Myriad of Hot Springs is like 8 million cars deep and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be here until Jesus returns. And then there's that random person who like slows down and they go, come on. And you're like, oh, thank you so much. And then you go, think about this for a second. You trusted that they weren't just gonna slam right into you. You trusted this. You put your life in the hands of I did that too one time. I, so my brother, uh, we grew up like broke, broke, broke. And the only way that like I was able, I've always been a shoe guy. I love shoes. Like to me, who's with me, when you're going to start building your outfit for the morning, you start with the shoes, okay? Start from the feet up, okay? As long as, as, long as you got heat on the feet, the rest of the outfit is going to be okay. And I've always loved shoes. So the way that I would buy shoes is I would wash my older brother's car for 40 bucks because that's how, 40 bucks was how much vans were back in the day. And so I washed my brother's car for 40 bucks. One time, my brother, he's sleeping. It's like a Saturday. Saturday, I washed his car for him, and I went, and I was like, hey, Josh, I'm done washing your car. You want to, like, pull it out the driveway and just, you know, just park it right there on the street? And he's like, you know what, man, you do it. Like, it's fine. And I was like, <laughs> bet. <laughs> I got in the car. It's a Mitsubishi Eclipse. It's lowered. as a cold air intake. I said, oh, let me back out, and let me park on the, you know, it's just literally, like, driveway, and then park on the street right there. I was like, oh, man, the angle. 
it's not great. I need to go up the street and turn around. So I do. I jam up the street. I am 15 years old without a license. I jam up the street. I U-turn. I come back around. As I'm coming back around, what I was going to do, there was an apartment complex here. My house is here. I was going to kind of U-turn and then pull into the spot on the street right there. I U-turn. Inexperience. I couldn't make the turn, so I stopped. I needed to back up and then go. But when I stop, I see there's a car coming from this way. So I look, and the lady goes, I'm like, okay, cool. Throw that mess in reverse. I look over my shoulder. Where was the car? Remember where the car come from? That way. Where's my head turned? This way. I start backing up. Whoop. I back up. I'm trying to hurry up so they don't have to wait. As I'm backing up, they roll behind me and boom. I smack right into him. 15 years old. I didn't have a license. My life was over. You know how bad I felt as my brother's car was being towed away and he was crying? I felt so bad. <laughs> but I trusted her. And she couldn't be trusted. You ever have someone in your life you couldn't trust? Let me tell you right now, please hear me, young people. You can trust God. He's faithful and he's good. And in his word are promises to you that he is trustworthy. I'll tell you, it's not often that you'll hear a preacher tell you to put God to the test, but put God to the test in this. And I believe he'll prove himself trustworthy in your life. But I get it. It's hard to stay the course when you can't even see the wind that's driving your ship. And yes, God can work in mysterious ways. I love the way the great Charles Spurgeon said it. He said, we cannot always trace God's hand, but we can always trust God's heart. You can't always see how or why God's doing things the way that he's doing them. But you can always know that his plans for you are good. They're to prosper you and not to harm you. They're to give you a hope and a future. You can trust him. I love the way Proverbs 3, uh, uh, chapter 3, verse number 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Now, for a really quick moment, I want to answer this question. Why is it so important to trust God? It's so important to trust God because so much of your life will be determined, so many things will be determined on whether or not you trust God. Think about it for a moment. If you don't trust that God wants to bless you and will take care of you, what will happen? Your whole life will revolve around making money, taking care of yourself. Now think for a moment if God called you to go and to be a missionary on the other side of the world in a, in a third world country and to take care of orphans and widows in, in their harsh living or to go and to feed the hungry in, in the slums of Africa or to, to go to Central America and like a friend of mine did, start a ton of schools because they had no public school system and you don't know where the money is going to come from. You don't know how you're going to feed your family. You don't know how you're going to take care of your wife. Well, if you don't trust God, you're not going to be be obedient to that. You're going to go, how can I go make as much money as possible so I could take care of myself? So much will be determined on if you trust God or not. If you trust that God has somebody for you, if you trust that God has a boo thing for you one day, then you'll be patient and you'll wait. And you'll say, you know what, God, I trust you. And when you bring them around, I will certainly be ready. But until that day, I'll wait on you. Because, God, I'm not going to take matters into my own hands. I'm going to simply trust you. But if you don't trust God, you will end up settling for some random buster that's got nothing good for you. And he can't even pay 
for the two for 20 chilies for you, ladies. Come on. If he can't pay for the two for 20 uh, chilies, then maybe it's not time to date yet, okay? Wait till he can pay for the two for 20 chilies. <laughs> Joey said, keep it down, man. I'm a youth pastor. I can barely pay for the two for 20 chilies. You'll settle. If you don't trust God's got someone for you, you will settle for anybody. Don't settle. Man, trusting God will determine so much in your life. If you don't trust God and who he says you are, you'll live in a constant state of identity crisis. But isn't that what, like, the whole friggin' world is doing right now? Who am I? Who am I supposed to be? How am I supposed to be it? <laughs> it's just like every other TikTok where they're, like, trying to be super serious, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> Let me get past that one real quick. It's like, like... If you don't trust that God says, like, okay, you're a masterpiece. Well, then as soon as that rando comes around and says you're ugly, you'll believe them. And you'll see the whole world through that lens. So you got to trust God. If you don't trust God, you are probably freaking out January 2021. Probably losing your mind. But here's what will happen. If you don't trust God, you will eventually and instinctually puts your trust in someone or something. There are people out there putting their trust in programs. There are people out there putting their trust in movements. There's people out there putting their trust in the government. <laughs> that was supposed to be a joke, <laughs> but it's not because it's true. There's people out there putting their trust in politicians. Like, <laughs> I love that when you bring that stuff up to teenagers, they get it, but then grown people are, like, still doing it. Like, thank you, teenagers, for being like, yeah, we're not going to do that. Like, there are, but there are people out there putting their, their trust in, in politicians. There's people out there putting all their trust in people. And you know what? You put your trust in who you want to. But as for me and my house, as for me, my wife, and the two pigs, Parker and Theodore, we will put our trust in the Lord because he's faithful and he's good and he's never failed and he's not going to start with me and he's not going to start with you. Put your trust in God. That's how you stay the course. If you don't trust God, you will not stay the course. You got to learn to trust God. But you don't trust people you don't know. So you got to get to know God. Do you know God tonight? Because if you don't, you can start getting to know him. It's not as complicated as you think. And you're going to get the opportunity to do that in just a few moments. Number three, write this down. Be pliable. That's what I say, pliable. Pliable. Psalm 37, verse 4, one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. It says, take delight. Everyone say delight. Anybody remember sunny delight? Now they just call it sunny D. It used to be called sunny delight. I love sunny delight. It's like 470 million grams of sugar, and they call it orange juice. <laughs> delight. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, this serious. I actually did look up the, the original word for delight, and in the Hebrew, it's the word anog. And this word means to be pliable or moldable. Another, another way to say it is like soft. So let me say it like this. You, you be soft, but don't be soft. Hopefully you are catching what I'm trying to say there. Don't be a victim. Don't be like easily offended. 
Don't think the world and everybody in it's out to get you, but be soft as in like be moldable and pliable in the hands of God. What was your favorite toy when you were a kid? Anybody remember Legos? Anybody remember Lincoln Logs? What about, this, this is going to show how nerdy I really was. What about Beyblades? <laughs> he said, <laughs> and then he just watched it. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm realizing on stage right now how ridiculous you look playing, playing Beyblades. It's like, all right, you ready? Ready, here we go. One, two, three, go. <laughs> oh yeah, this is a blast. Literally exhilarating. That's <laughs> Beyblades. Uh, anybody remember, not, not Legos, but Lincoln Logs? Lincoln Logs were lit. Lincoln Logs were so cool. There's a very small contingency of Lincoln Logs fans. Um, Play-Doh was one of my favorite things to eat. I mean, play, play with <laughs> when I was a kid. Um, and, and probably the best way that I can illustrate this um, as far as being, uh, being moldable or pliable is Play-Doh. And when you first take Play-Doh out, out of the can... <laughs> Ooh, strawberry flavored. <laughs> Ooh, Play-Doh flavored. Um, you see, it, it took on the form of the can. You can even see the grooves from the bottom of the can right there. It takes on the form of whatever it's surrounded by. Is this not every single... Where's the high schoolers at in the room? Where's class of 2021? Let's go. Is this not like every single freshman you see out there right now? Just being formed by everyone around, by the environment around... Freshmen, love you. You're so awesome. But like, don't let your environment... Don't let your environment dictate your identity. But this is what happens to so many of us. We're pliable, and so, fresh out the can, we are shaped and look, looking like whatever our surrounding is. And, and does it not, is it not obvious that so many people, programs, movements, social media, all this stuff, that there's so many out there trying to mold us into who they want us to be? Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be anything other than exactly what God wants me to be. I don't want to be anyone other than exactly who God wants me to be. Amen? All right, but pay attention to this, because God is what the Bible calls the potter, and we are the Plato. But in order to get the Plato to become what he wants it, the potter must apply pressure. You'll never stay the course if every time the potter applies pressure every time you feel pressure, every time you face a storm, every time you face a trial, every time you face tribulation, every time you ever feel offended. If every time you ever feel pressure, you abandon ship, you will never stay the course. The best men and the, the, the famous men and women of faith in the history of our faith are those who learn to embrace the pressure. Somebody say embrace the pressure. Come on, say embrace the pressure. Because it takes pressure to, that's actually so satisfying. It takes pressure for the potter to make the clay into what it is that he wants it to be. You have to embrace the pressure. 
the great A.W. Tozer said it like this, powerful, powerful quote. He said, it is doubtful whether God can bless or use a person greatly until he has hurt him deeply. Now, hear what he's saying, not what he's not saying. He's not saying that God hurts you, but God uses every bit of pressure and every bit of hurt that we might experience. He uses it to form us into who he wants us to be. But between the entire world telling you, oh, just be yourself, do you, boo-boo? Follow your heart. Between that and everybody all the time, 24-7, 366 days out of the year, every single time anybody ever says anything that they don't want, they are offended. <laughs> I don't know why, like, I leaned back and put my hand on my hip when I got offended. Between just be exactly whoever you want to be, and also if anybody ever has any sort of contention with who you are, get super offended and cancel them. Between those two things, is it not obvious why so many people jump ship? Why they walk away from God? While they, because God says, hey, here's you. Here's me. <laughs> Can I just tell you, for a quick moment, realize that the best thing that you could do is to be pliable in God's hands. The best version of you is not you. The best version of you is who God created you to be. But let him mold you. And for the love of God, stop confusing being convicted with being offended. Conviction is a way that God helps shape us into who we are. You know one of the best ways that I've become a better husband? Because my dad was never married to my mom. My dad put his hands on my mom, and my dad was a drug addict, and my dad was gone by the time I was seven years old. And I did not have pretty much a single good example of what it meant to be a good, faithful, godly husband. You know how I learned how to be a good, faithful, godly husband to my wife for the last 11 years? I've done pretty okay, right, babe? Seven out of 10 at least, C plus. What do you think? 11 out of 10? Woo-wee! All right. Come on, somebody. Preach the truth and shame the devil. You know how I've learned to be a faithful husband? Two ways. One, I've watched people like Pastor Gary Martin and how he does it. And you know what else? I let the Holy Spirit convict me and say, Corey, don't talk to your wife like that. Do you think that I would talk to your wife like that? And I'm like, no, Jesus, you would not talk to my wife like that. So let me not talk to my wife like that. Stop getting confused of being, I'm offended. You're not offended, you're convicted. Switch it up and get better get better. That's what conviction is about. It's about getting better. But after years and years of being pliable, what will happen is God will give you the desires of your heart. There's a twist to this story. After years and years of being pliable, by that time, even the desires of your heart have changed. What it is that you want has changed. Trust me when I say this is huge. This is, can I just talk to you really quick at like college age and above? Because I don't really believe in talking down to people. who's like, oh, they're teenagers. Like, you know, you've got to really bring it down to their level. Heck no. This is the absolute most intelligent, most brilliant, most creative generation that the planet has ever seen. I absolutely think, let me talk to you up here. And you're not only going to rise to the occasion, you're going to like surpass that, right? Let me, let me just give you some like pretty deep, pretty high like college level level type theology. Um, what you need to do, what you've got to do, what you've got to get to 
Every single believer has to arrive to this place as they mature in their faith. You have to realize, I don't want what I want. I want what God wants for me. Come on, like that is huge for this generation. This generation that's like, I want to be where the people are. I can show you the world. Tell me, princess, now when did you last let your heart decide? Don't freaking let your heart decide. Your heart's tricking you. It's fooling you. In the eighth grade, your, your, your heart told you that you were in love with that kid, Bobby. And that kid, Bobby, was still eating dirt. That's what your heart told you. It is. Your heart, young man, your heart told you to go date your best friend's sister. Your heart's lying to you. That is bro code 101. Don't date her. <laughs> Somebody in this room is dating their best friend's sister, and it's actually working out. Like, it's like, it's good. It's like, no, Corey, it's all like. Man, your heart will lie to you. You don't want, trust me, trust me, young people, please, 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 for a moment, let me be your youth pastor. And let me tell you, you do not want what you want. You want what God wants for you because that is so much better. Can I tell you, yo, I now thank God for not answering the prayers I was praying five years ago. <laughs> I thank God that he did not answer my 16-year-old prayers. Because there's things that I was praying for that I look back now, I was like, whoo, God you saved me from that one. And by that one, I mean a girl. And I, she will go unnamed because my wife will murder me if I name this woman. But I'm praying, God, make a way for me to marry this girl at 18 and get away from my family. God, thank you for not answering that prayer. God, thank you for not giving me the desires of my heart. I don't want the desires of my heart. God, I want you to take me. I want you to mold me. I want you to take my heart, sink my heart up with your heart. Make my heart beat for what your heart beats for. Break my heart for what breaks yours. And then once my heart and your heart are like one heart, then my desires will be your desires. Then give me the desires of my heart. You don't want what you want. You want what God wants. But in order to get that, you've got to be pliable. Band head up. Make this sound much more spiritual as I stop playing with Play-Doh. The last thing I'll just be pliable, but hold nothing back. Hold nothing back. I love Psalm 37, verse 5. It says, commit everything. Somebody say everything. I looked up this word in the Greek. I told you. And the Greek word for everything, it really does mean everything. It says, commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him. It said it twice in this little section. If, if the Bible says something twice, it's probably important. It says, trust him, and he will help you. Trust him, and he will help you. I'm going to say it one more time. Trust him and he will help you. Everything you do will start with this. Do you trust God or not? Everything you do, your life, following him, it will all begin with do you trust God or not? Because if you don't trust God, the moment he calls you to do something, he'll start making excuses about how you can't. But how many people know that when... When God tells you to do something, he's not asking you if you can do it. He's telling you to do it. <laughs> when, God, when God tells you to do something, he's not, he's not trying to have a conversation about your abilities. It's a directive. He's telling you what to do. But if we don't trust God, then what do we do? 
say, God, I'm just, well, I'm not, I'm not good enough. And he's like, yeah, duh, <laughs> but I am. God, I'm not strong enough. I'm not rich enough. I'm not popular enough. I'm not talented enough. He's like, you don't need to be any of that. You need to commit everything to me and just trust me. Everything you do, so much of what you do will come down to, do you trust God? Do you trust God? I wrote down this statement, and uh, <clears throat> my notes look crazy, but they make sense to me. I, like, highlighted it, bold, italic, and in green. And it's a bold statement, but if you'll allow me, I want to I say it exactly how I wrote it. If you're holding back, you don't trust God. If you are holding back, then you don't trust God. Think about it. You guys remember trust falls? If you just fell straight back, you trust them. But, you, you know, you, so many people did this thing. Oh, and you put your foot back. Why do you put your foot back like that? Because last time they let you fall. Girls, why are there some people in your world, ladies, that you won't share that important information with? Because you know that girl's a gossip. And if you tell her, then the whole dang school's going to know. You don't trust them. Why do, you, why do you hold back your heart from certain people? It's because they hurt you once. It's not going to happen again. See, when you hold back something, anything, it's because of a lack of trust. If you're holding back anything, then it means you probably don't trust God. Or maybe you, don't, you just don't trust him as much as you thought you did. So here's a big question for you tonight. What are you holding back? And what do you need to do to surrender it? Because as I close, I'll tell you this. There is, there's no better life. There's nothing more adventurous than living a life holding nothing back from God. I've been doing it for 15 years. And I have zero regrets about any. There's a lot of things in my life that I regret a ton, so much. But I do not regret following God, not for a second. I do not regret living a life where I relinquished everything to him. There's nothing like it. So if tonight you would say, I, I've been holding back and, and I don't know that I trust God. I don't even know if before this moment, if I believed in God. Can I tell you, friend, God is so real. Can I tell you, God's real whether you believe in him or not. Your belief or non-belief in something does not determine its existence. Run a stop sign and then when the cop pulls you over, tell him, I don't believe in stop signs. You're still getting a ticket. Talk back to your mom. Give her attitude. Then when she calls you on it, be like, I don't believe I was giving attitude. You're still getting whooped. <laughs> your belief in something doesn't determine its existence. God is so real. And he loves you. He sent his son to die on a cross for your sins, for my sins. Because we had a debt to pay that we couldn't afford. There was a bill slapped on the table and our credit card was maxed out. And God said, man, you can't get to me. So I'm gonna come to you. And no matter, like JJ said at the beginning of the service, no matter what life you come from, no matter what your family looks like. My family, crazy. <laughs> My background, crazy.
can I tell you, I'm the last person on the planet that should be standing on a platform in front of hundreds of teenagers preaching the gospel. But here I am. And it all began by saying, God, I'm just going to trust you. Everybody else, they can trust whoever or whatever they want. But God, it just seems to make the most sense to put my life in the hands of the one who created me in the first place. And I just want to get to know you. I spent 15 years getting to know God. There's nothing more rewarding or fulfilling. There's nothing more adventurous. Can I take this opportunity to invite you along for the journey? You're going to have the opportunity to give your life to God right now in just a moment to, to begin to follow him and to get to know him and trust him and to get on this course. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? This is a, this is a public setting, but this is a private moment right now. And if you're here and if that's you and you're like, man, I want to get on that journey. I want to get to know God. I didn't even know if I believed in God when I walked in this place. But man, there's something moving on the inside of me. I, I've got butterflies. Can I tell you, that's the Holy Spirit. Just respond. Jesus says, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. Whoever opens that door, I'll come into your heart. I'll come into your life and we'll walk this journey together. Maybe you've walked away from God. This is your opportunity to come back. But I'm going to ask you to respond in a really simple, but yes, a physical way. In just a moment, I'm going to count to three. And when I get to three, I just want you to raise your hand. And I believe that, that when we respond outwardly to what's happening on the inside, it solidifies it in our hearts and in our souls and in our lives. So if that's you, this is your moment. This is your time. As you look at the horizon of life, if you want that hope that on the other side, heaven, Jesus, God is waiting for you, this is your moment. This is your time. When I get to three, don't hesitate. Throw your hand in the air and you can put it right back down. One, two, three, go. Right now. Man, hands going up everywhere. That is amazing. All over the place. 30, 40 hands just went in the air. That's phenomenal. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray right now because we believe we start this journey with words that we say with our mouths, but we believe in our hearts because that's what the Bible says to do. But because we're a family, we're gonna pray together. So I'm gonna give you the words. You just repeat these right after me. There's nothing religious or magical about these words. But man, if you wrap your heart around these words, man, you say these straight to God. You're not saying it to a pastor or me or bridge youth or a church. You're saying these straight to God. The Bible's so clear. He's gonna come do life with you and your eternity will be secured. Repeat right after me. Say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart. I give you my life. I hold nothing back. I give you everything. And from this moment forward, I'm going to follow you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can we welcome people into God's family right now? Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, this is not the end of the journey. It's the beginning. We want to walk something out with you called the next seven days because we're a family. We're a pack. You're not meant to do this alone. If you have your phone right now, you could do this. You could go to our Instagram, DM us the words next seven, and we want to get you these videos. It's 
one video a day for the next week. They're short. They're like two minutes. It's literally me just kind of walking through what it looks like to follow Jesus in your first week of your faith journey. Please, please, please don't leave tonight without DMing us next seven. I feel like it's my responsibility. We feel like it's our responsibility to help you walk out this next week of your faith journey. One more time. Can we welcome people into God's family? So cool. Best decision you can make with your life. Right there where you're at, um, nobody distracting anybody. One more thing we're going to do tonight. Would you stand to your feet? Um, we're going to get into a moment of worship. If you would like to come to the front, throw your mask on, um, spread out a little bit. You could come to the front for worship. But as I, as I was thinking about this moment, um, I kept thinking, how many people are living with crippling fear right now? And I said it at the beginning of the service. I didn't plan to say it until the end, but I said it at the beginning of the service. I was reading Louis Giglio's book. Um, what's the book, babe? The Goliath Must Fall? Goliath Must Fall. It's a great book, fantastic book. And in his book, he said um, that, that the antidote to fear is faith, and the soundtrack to faith is worship. Can I tell you, there's something that happens in our hearts when we worship God. The Bible talks about how God... He's enthroned on the praises of his people. See, when we worship God, it puts him on the throne of our lives. But I kept thinking about the people who've been living with crippling fear. Now, hear what I'm saying, not what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that if you, like, wear a mask, you don't have faith. That's not what I'm saying. It's stupid. Just, you're being wise. Do it. I'm not saying if you social distance that you're, I'm not saying if you're watching online that, you, that you're not living in faith. No, people have to do what makes the most sense for their families and their lives. But I do know a lot of people whose anxiety went through the roof. It's been crippling. Even outside of 2020 and so many other areas of life, people who live with fear. Two things I pray happen in this moment of worship. One, if you've been living with any sort of fear, any lies of the enemy that's coming in, and just whispering fear into your heart. I pray in this moment that supernatural faith and peace and courage would come over your heart. But the second thing is this. Um, is there anything you're holding back from God? If so, man, like, can I just tell you, God already sees that. He already knows it. He's not blind to it, and he chose you anyways, and he loves you anyways. Why not in this moment of worship? Let this be our time when we say, God, here it is. You take this. I surrender it because I trust whatever you have for me is better. One more time, would you close your eyes? Forget about who's around you. Man, this is a, this is a public setting, but this is a private moment. Let me pray for you one more time. God, you're so good. You're so phenomenal. God, I pray for anybody who's maybe been struggling with fear, anxiety, depression, worry, worry about the future, worry about tomorrow, worry about loved ones, worried about their eternity. God, I pray that your peace would come over their hearts. But more than just peace, God, give them hope as they trust in you. Let courage build and let supernatural faith be birthed in their hearts tonight. And God, for anybody in the room, God, myself included, who's been holding anything back, this is the moment where we surrender it to you.
because we trust you, God, and we love you. With heads bowed, eyes closed, if you're comfortable, would you just lift your hands right there where you're at? Just begin to worship him. You're so good, God. We praise you. We worship you tonight. In Jesus' name.
Hallelujah. Amen. Praise youth, if you're comfortable, if you just want to raise your hands with us right now as we just pray real quick. Thank you, God, for what it is that you accomplish in this place today. I want to thank you that we're not going to leave this place the same. I want to thank you that our hearts have been forever changed by what it is that you spoke to us through, Corey. I want to thank that we have revelation of your hope, your grace, and your mercy for us. We learn to trust you in this message, God, and we have truly been changed by what it is that we were able to learn in this message. I want to thank you that you were able to, even through some awkward atmospheric battles at the start, God, you were still glorified in every single aspect of today's service. I want to thank you that you can be glorified for every student minister to, every relationship cultivated, and every soul won in this place tonight. And we give you all the glory, all the praise, all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How many of you guys happy to be in Bridgeview today? Can I just say how much I love every single one of you? You know, like, we're like imperfect people, you know, running these services every week. We'll like strum a chord wrong here and there. We'll stutter or whatever it is. And every now and then there's a genuine battle where you can just feel that there's something amazing that's going to happen in the service. And the enemy doesn't want these people to leave with with a relationship with Christ having had begun or with their lives forever changed by what it is that we were able to hear through the message. But I want to just say how encouraged I was by every single one of you today when we didn't know how worship was going to go at the start and you guys are still pressing in for every single part of the message, every single part of the worship. You guys are absolutely amazing and really, really, really incredible uh, young men and women that get to attend Bridge Youth. You guys are really, really awesome. And if your life was genuinely like impacted today for like ever, you know, and you gave your life either to Christ for the first time or Corey's message about trusting God uh, and not holding back anything really impacted you, I want to encourage you to talk to one of the adult leaders before you leave tonight and just tell them what happened and where you're progressing in your relationship with God right now. There's some amazing leaders in this room who are really, really nice, really, really approachable and genuinely want nothing more than to see you grow in your relationship with God. And so before you leave tonight, if you just want to tell them about you becoming a Christian today or about you just taking the next step in your relationship with God, I want to encourage you, adult leaders, just raise your hand real fast. Ladies, you can go ahead and find one of the female adult leaders. Gentlemen, there's some more around the room if you guys want to raise your hand, adult leaders. And they just want to hear how it is that you're doing and do this like whole journey and relationship with Christ that you're going through with you and counsel you and disciple you through it. Uh, can you guys give yourself another round of applause for just how amazing you guys are? We're so happy to get to... Oh, sorry, what was that? Oh, yeah, I'm preaching next week with Corey, you know. Yeah, no big deal, yep. Come on now. Um, yeah, so it's going to be awesome. Make sure you come, invite your friends. It's going to be an amazing message. We're already, like, getting all like, the blueprints, like, set for it and all that stuff, and it's going to be a really, 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 really awesome night, genuinely. So tell your friends, it's going to be awesome. Don't forget to talk to a leader before you leave. You guys all look beautiful and lovely, and we will see you all next week.